Hey, how's it going, folks? This is uh, Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal with another kind of go at trying this podcasting thing. Um, No fancy music, no intro, anything like that. But uh, officially, we're calling this Talking Grammar Episode 3. I did a couple episodes back before the season started. It's been a while, but this is Episode 3. So I'll talk a little bit about what I want out of this podcast moving forward um, and about today's guest, who happens for this episode to be Lobo's junior shooting guard, Anthony Mathis. This podcast, just so you know, um, it's not really something that's part of the gig at the Journal or built into the crazy schedule of of being the Lobos beat writer for the Albuquerque Journal. It's just sort of something I bought you know, a whole bunch of gear for and, and really wanted to try. I listen to podcasts myself, and this is just something I wanted to kind of give give a go at doing myself because I like sharing conversations. Um, I, I'm able to have a lot of conversations on the beat that I think a lot of readers, listeners, whatever, would probably want to listen to themselves. And that's that's sort of what I'm trying to do here. So we'll see how it goes. Um, just something I want to try on my own. And uh, you'll have to put up with uh, what sometimes is a little bit of a probably sloppy podcast because I have no training in this stuff. So um one of the earlier podcasts I did with Paul Weir was when we published our lengthy four-part Weir Science series that was previewing kind of the crazy stuff this new coach um, had in mind for the team and what he was saying he was going to do with this Lobos team. And frankly, you know, we're in January, mid-January now, and a lot of the stuff he said he was going to try, he's kind of held true to. Um, the Lobos are running. Uh, the Lobos are pressing, the Lobos are playing hard, and those were a lot of the things he said was, was going to happen. Um, the second podcast I did um, after the Paul Weir one was with a couple of Lobo staffers who played against each other in college. Brandon Mason, the former Aggie player and who happened to be a college friend of mine when I went to New Mexico State, and who I happen to blame for this cold I have that you guys have to listen to, um, because he's been walking around getting everybody around UNM sick over at the Davolo Center and and on the trips and the practices and stuff. So uh, blame Brandon Mason for anybody who's sick around the Lobo basketball team, including me, who happens to have been at a bunch of practices and, and on the same flights as the team um, over the past week. Um, but I did a podcast with Brandon, the former Aggie, who played against David Kiyote, who's also on the Lobo staff. And former Lobo big man who's been helping helping the team this year and, and kind of has his foot in the door now to be a college basketball coach. And and uh, both of them are, are enjoying some successes here. And I talked to them a little bit about playing each other and also about what they want to do um, with their coaching careers. As for the future of this podcast, you know, for the most part, the intent is kind of to be a podcast, like I said, just sharing my conversations that I have on the beat. Um, because Lobo Hoops is my primary beat, you'll get a lot of that now during the season, but that's not all I want to do. Um, sometimes it'll be lighthearted stuff. Sometimes I'll try and talk about the not so fun subjects, uh, like the continual budget shortfalls at UNM. I'll have some guests that some people may like, may not like, um, may, this podcast certainly may not be for everybody. So, um, I, at some point too, I hope to have a couple guests that maybe can, you know, interview each other a little bit and just tell stories themselves about what they do in, in their particular sports or, or whatever they do around UNM or the Albuquerque sports world. So, heck, you know, maybe even I'll have my daughter on at some point. As some of you who follow me on Twitter know, she is much better than I at picking basketball games and she beat me legitimately. This isn't a joke. Her very first March Madness bracket where we went team by team, game by game, she picked the cuter mascot. And she beat me. That was a couple years ago now. She's now eight and still looking forward to filling out a bracket to beat her old man. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe I'll have her on some episode. So I kind of been putting this podcast off for a while. 
thinking it needed more of a structured intro, maybe some music or whatever, um, a more set in stone format. You know, forget all that. Um, maybe that stuff comes at some point, but for now, I'm just going to try and start throwing out content online to share with the readers or in this case, listeners. And it might be a mess sometimes, kind of like the late night post game emptying the notebook columns I've been posting online this this year, this season at the journal. Um, I do those several hours after the Lobo games, you know, after I do a lot of my other work, including interviewing people, uh, recording video, posting the video, transcribing the quotes from those video, writing the game stories, obviously. Um, and long after all the editors have left the office, I post a, an online notebook of just odds and ends from the game that, as those who have seen it probably know, include far more mistakes than uh, in some of those files than any respectable journalist should have. But as a lot of you know, I'm never one to let embarrassing myself or looking foolish stop me. So just trying to share more content with you guys, and that's what this is too. So hopefully rough edges and all, warts, whatever, you guys will enjoy what we get out of this. And um, it's probably not for everybody, but hopefully it's for some people. As far as today goes, um, I talked with Anthony Mathis, uh, Southwest Terminal, McCarran Airport, Las Vegas on, on Thursday, the day after UNM's first road win of the season. You know, a shocking come from behind upset of UNLV that Mathis was basically the reason they won down the stretch. He was only one for seven shooting from three point range at that point, And he's the team's obvious three point specialist. So that wasn't looking good, but he wasn't afraid to shoot when it mattered most. Hit a three-pointer with the minute seven left in the game. He was fouled. Uh, hits, converts the four-point play. Pulls UNM within one. With 17 seconds left, as he describes in this interview, in a play that wasn't designed for him, he hits the go-ahead three-pointer. And the Lobos end up picking up their first win of the Paul Weir era outside of Albuquerque. So he talks about that. And, you know, he's a kid that... I say kid. I mean, these guys are in their 20s. Um... He's a guy that all the coaches describe as just that great kid. Um, he does fit that to a T. I know coaches say that about a lot of people, but Mathis truly fits that. And um, I think that comes across a little bit in the interview. But he does talk about his first two seasons never getting off the bench at UNM. Um, he doubted not only does he fit at UNM, but also just is he good enough to play at this level. And there were some doubts he, he talks about, but he's obviously past all that now. And as his defense... Uh, kind of gets better you'll see more and more minutes he's already to the point now where he's at least in the key minutes at the end of games um because of his offense and the uh the improving defense will certainly help um so here you go uh somewhat noisy interview from the airport terminal and that includes some alarms going off you'll hear at some point because someone opened a door in the terminal that they weren't supposed to um i'm sure some much better podcasters than i know how to edit that kind of stuff out but for now you're stuck with it and you're stuck with me and here we go my interview with lobo's junior guard Anthony Mathis. All right, I'm here in the Las Vegas airport with Anthony Mathis after last night's uh, improbable, I guess, win against yeah. UNLV. Maybe not unexpected by you guys. I know you guys went in thinking you could win, but the fact that in the final 107, um, you guys scored nine points and yeah. and you uh, were one of seven going into that moment. Let's. Sure. I want to kind of start at the end of the game, and okay. and why don't you tell me, uh, minute seven to go, you hit a three-pointer and, and get fouled. Mm -hmm. What, after going one for seven to that point of the game, kind of makes you think, you know, I should still be shooting? Yeah, um, it's mostly my teammates. Obviously, they they believe in me and want me to keep shooting the ball, so I was kind of down on myself a little bit, knowing that I should uh, be making some of the wide-open shots that I had. Um, unfortunately, they weren't going down, but uh, my teammates just did a great job of 
keeping me up, keeping me confident. Um, Coach Jerome just said, I don't care if you're open 30. If you're open, I want you to shoot it. And I got that last look, and that's I just shot it. I shot it with confidence. Did you? You banked it in. Yeah, I banked it in. Um, haven't banked in too many, I imagine. No, no. That's, <laughs> honestly, that's probably the only one I've ever banked in. Really? Yeah. Um, and where you felt? I mean, you... you... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I was touched, but I mean... The refs call the foul, so I mean the basketball guys it's are on a, our side. It's happened every, it's yeah. happened the other way too. So you'll, yeah. every now and then you take it. Yeah. Um, obviously that wasn't what won the game either, though. Mm-hmm. Um, about a minute later, that was minute seven. With 17 seconds left is when you hit the go-ahead three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that play because it wasn't really even supposed to. It was yeah. supposed to be for Ant, right? Yeah. Um, we just did circle, which is our inbounds play. I got the ball. Um, just calm down a little bit, you know. Let let everybody get set. Found Antino and he just does a great job of penetrating. So they came and doubled him. Um, I don't know if that was their game plan or not, but they came and doubled him and I had a little bit of space. So I just I just shot it with confidence and just went in. A little deep. I mean, about yeah. four or five feet beyond, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, obviously, you're you're there to shoot them. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that's what your role on this team is 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 your shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point? And this obviously goes back to long before last night. Mm-hmm. But at what point did you start to realize that? I mean, you came here as a shooter. Yeah. Um, what point this season did you realize that it was start? It was going to work. That that you made the right decision to stay. Um. I, well, I, I knew I made the right decision when Coach Weir got here. I mean, he just did a great job explaining what he thought, what he wanted us to do, like how he wanted this program ran, and I just I bought into it honestly. So, so um, the the validation of whether or not you were right or wrong had nothing to do with what's been going on on no, the court. No, no, not at all. No, I I I just believed in Coach Weir. Whether I be making a thousand threes or making zero threes, you know, like. I was just so bought into what he was what he was giving us, and he's just a great dude to play for. I'll, I'll run through a wall for him, and uh, I'm sure he'd do the same for me. So, you guys are starting to find some success right now. Um, what you're saying is easy when when there's that yeah, success. Exactly. Um, if he's working you the way he's working you, and you guys aren't winning, yeah, are you still bought in? Uh, for sure, for sure. I mean, we've lost four or five games in a row, and it's next day we're coming back to work, and we're all same energy. Obviously. It's a different vibe when you're losing, but I mean, we all just stayed positive, and we're gonna stay the same way when we're winning or losing. So you you weren't questioning it at any point. Mm. You guys had two four-game losing streaks. Yeah. Of course, I'll remember the yeah. losing streaks yeah. exactly. But um, you, you guys uh, you guys weren't questioning it, huh? No, not at all. I, I don't I don't think. I mean, those people that were questioning it, I don't think they said it out loud. Yeah. They they bought in. I mean, they didn't show it. So I'm grateful for that. The vibe on this team, and I guess, are you guys really calling yourself the Nasty Nine? Is that sort of something? That's been tossed around a little bit. I mean, if something comes up better, maybe you'll take that. But. Yeah, we we might take it, but I mean, obviously without Troy and Sam, I mean, we're missing them. They're, yeah. they're great players. So while it's Whatever. nine, you, you can yeah. be the Nasty well, we'll Nine. Be, we'll be the Nasty Nine for the time being. But that's not to say that those guys may yeah. not come back soon, yeah. and you guys aren't going to welcome them. Exactly. Back. Exactly. And whoever's on this team, I, I would guess. You can't have the buy-in we just talked about mm-hmm. if there was someone on the team that you guys weren't also accepting yeah, back, and exactly. it's a kind of a joint thing. Exactly. I mean, we're just coaches figuring that out. We're all figuring it out together. So I mean, we'll take it step by step. All right. I want to go back to when you uh, in high school. Uh, always a three-point shooter. Yeah, always a three-point shooter. Um, and who recruited you, Drew? Was uh, Drew the primary. Drew recruiter? and Lamont. Yeah. Drew and Lamont. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, why'd you come? Um, I was just Craig Neal was a great recruiter at the time. Um, I loved the pit. I, I actually watched them play in the tournament when I was in Portland. They lost to Louisville, I want to say. Yeah. And ever since then, I was just I was a Lobo fan. Um, not not really knowing everything about UNM as a as a program, but um, 
I did some more research, saw that they got the tournament a lot, saw that the fans were amazing. And when I came out on the visit, I was just, I was blown by how much the, the uh, I, I think I saw the how, and it was just crazy. When I was, Sam was a freshman dunking crazy. Yeah. So I was just, I really liked it, and I wanted to be a part of that, so. And so that then, was, so you weren't Craig's first year, you were the. Um, I was the second year. 14-15 was your first yeah, year. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that how that that thirteen fourteen year. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sam won yeah. the dunk contest as a yeah, freshman. Yeah, it's crazy. And um, unfortunately, Lamont and Drew left, but I decided to stuck it out. Yeah. And uh, you know everything. I truly believe everything happens for a reason. Um, as much as you want, I'll, I'll ask it, but I'm not expecting necessarily to get into all the details. But over your first two years, you didn't play a lot. At all. How yeah. much question, um, questioning of yourself <clears throat> and of your decision did you do over those two years? about whether you had made the right decision. A lot, a lot, honestly. And how much of the questioning was about you and whether or not you could play at this level? Um, it, it was both, honestly. It was both, to be real. I mean, I question myself every day, man, am I good enough for this? And then that's when I just get in the gym. No matter how many minutes I played, zero, like six, seven minutes, I just get in the gym and uh, just try to keep working on my craft. And um, But I always just question myself, should I just stay at home, you know? Yeah. Maybe went to Oregon State, just did the original route. Did you have a scholarship offer? Oregon yeah, State? yeah. Okay. And then, um, you know, I just, it wasn't going my way. But uh, I just tried to control what I could control. You know, stay positive. I loved the team. I loved everybody on the team last year. But uh, it just wasn't going my way, so I, I just stayed positive. Um, Off-season comes around. Obviously, you make the decision that you were probably going to look elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, you announced that you're transferring. You, yeah. And you were actually granted your release, right? Yeah. Um, did you fear when the coaching change happened and Paul Weir did come on board and you thought, I do want to play for this guy? Did you fear that there was even a question that he may not want you? It was both ways, honestly. I did my research, saw that he was a great coach at New Mexico State. They lost six games. Um, so I definitely wanted to come back and play for him, but I was just grateful he, he let me back in, you know. He, he easily could have said, no, you, you should probably find somewhere else to play. He knew my defense was really, really bad. And I'm still working on that every day, um, but he accepted me, and and I appreciate him for that. If at the end of last year, your defense was really, really bad as you just mm -hmm. described it, let's let's just put it as a benchmark. Started mm -hmm. a zero from from a zero at last year, mm -hmm. end of last season to now. What number on a scale of one to ten, or zero to ten, I guess? If last year was the benchmark starting point of zero, where are you now? I'm gonna go with seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay, so still, still, got a lot still of work some room for a lot of work to go. Are you are you thinking you should get some more minutes then because you're you've improved that much or do you do you understand sometimes when no. he has his he has his deflection policy on the start? No, I, I definitely understand what he's doing. Okay. Like I'm I'm not tripping about I'm not I'm not fretting about my minutes at all. If I'm not playing defense, I don't expect to be in there. Like it's it's that simple. And I learned that the past two years, if you're not playing defense, you don't deserve to play. And he, it's not just with me; it's with everybody. Yeah. And I, I respect that he holds everybody to the same standard. If one person's not playing defense, they're not going to be playing. So that's how it is. All right. So this season, you guys do have some losses um, early on. You're getting your minutes. Things are going the way they're going. Where do you believe this team can end up this year? Can can it make the run in March that you guys have talked about? I most definitely think we can. The way we play, how much passion we're playing with right now, if we can keep this pace, I, I truly think we can, we can dance at the end of March. And I, that's the goal for everybody. At what point of this season did you really believe that could happen? Um, I mean, I know there's been buy-in and all I that truly, kind of stuff. But. I truly believe that. Um, yeah. I want to say a couple of games before Wyoming, but Wyoming was the game when I was like, okay, everybody's bought in, you know. Yeah. We're going through so much stuff right now. We lost two players. Yeah. 
losing Sam, losing Troy, and we're still out here battling our hearts out. That's a Wyoming team coming off a yeah. Boise win. A great, a great a Boise, it just beat you guys by Smashed 30 almost. Us. Yeah, and we responded like that. That was that was a huge step forward, and that's when I really saw like if we just play our hardest, we can as hard as we can, and everybody's bought in. Like, why why can't we? Yeah. So that's just, that's my thought process. So what does it take to get from this point where you guys are screaming in the locker room last night? Well, let me ask you about that. How was that post-game locker room last it's night? It's amazing. I mean, obviously, once you when you get your first road win, especially the way we did, um, it was amazing. Like, everybody's just so happy. We finally get to get on the plane and say, tell other people we won. We're so used to everybody asking us, did you win? Uh, no, unfortunately, we didn't win. But now we get to tell people we won. And, and you being, like, the guy you are, and I've been on some of the flights back mm-hmm. with you guys, I was on the flight back from Fresno, and mm-hmm. you being the guy that like won't kind of just shun uh-huh. some stranger that's yeah. asking, hey, you guys are basketball players, right? Yeah. You sit there and have the conversation the whole time if the mm-hmm. guy wants to talk to you. And yeah, for sure. So for you sure. get to kind of be the finally the onboard. It feels like, good. You get to be the guy that talks to that yeah. guy in the back. The, I know this last trip somebody was talking to you about how he played high school basketball or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a long, yeah, it was a long, we had a long talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you guys did. I yeah. heard all, that was a couple rows up, but uh, yeah, I mean, but now you get to tell them. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, hopefully we enjoy this, but hopefully this is not the only one. We, we just want to keep getting more rug wins. Yeah. And as you can tell, just for people listening, we're in the airport right now, so we got somebody that opened <laughs> some uh, emergency exit or something, so we'll see how long that goes on. Um, I want to go back to the final minute seven last night. Um, have you ever had a moment or a stretch like that where you guys score the final nine to win by four points and you were the guy that did it. Have you ever had a moment kind of like that final minute? Not, I mean, the last time was probably in seventh, eighth grade, but uh, nothing like that. That was, it was, the basketball guys were definitely on our sides. So yeah. That, I've never, I've never been a part of something like that. What'd your phone look like after the game last night? Uh, Twitter was pretty crazy. Family was just, family was so proud of me, you know. I've just waited my turn, you know, just stayed positive, but, um, I was. They were just really proud that I, I stepped up and made a big shot for us and helped us win the game. But not just me necessarily. Just proud of the whole team as a whole. You know, just credited us. And after a game like that, um, I guess a lot of people, especially in Vegas, people just assume you guys, you know, maybe don't go out and get in trouble or anything. Yeah. But you guys have a big party. You guys are celebrating in the hotel. No. You guys didn't do that. You guys no, went and watched game film. Yeah, we we had film for about 35 minutes on San Diego State. And that's that's the way Coach Weir is. Right on to the next one. We got a we got a big one this Saturday, and uh, we're just looking forward to that. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate the time. Let me let me finish up with a couple kind of rapid fire, not about the game or the season or anything questions, but um, funniest guy on the team. Man, uh, I'm gonna go with you can give a couple if you need to. Uh, Antono, Jakai, and Jaquan. Who's the guy on the team that maybe has a hidden talent that fans just don't know about? Jakai, he plays the piano. Yeah, have you, has he played it for you guys? Really well, yeah, really well. So, like, what does he play? I mean, is he just playing, like, some Mozart and you guys say, oh, that sounds good? Or is he I, playing stuff you I don't know recognize? what it is, to be honest, but it's, it sounds pretty. He did, I think he did an Alicia Keys songs. Yeah? That was pretty cool. He, he did some other stuff. I, it just sounded really good. Did you see? No, no. Okay. Not, not that I know. Right, I, well, I know let, he probably tries to. But. Well, let me ask you that, then. Who's the best singer on the team? I'd probably say myself. What? <laughs> what do you sing? Everything. You, nah, do I'm you go kidding. around the locker room and sing? Yeah, yeah. I sing uh, Antino. Uh, that's about it, yeah. All right, I'll tell you what. I'm not going to put you on the spot right now and ask you to sing, but you guys break off a few more wings. You guys go on a streak. At the end of the year, 
I got you. You're going to have to come up with something. I got you. I'll sing you something. Um, On the the staff, including coaches and support staff, um, which one of those guys talks the most trash? Man, either Jerome or B-Mace. Yeah. They just, we're just always at each other. That's yeah. just the way I am. We're, both, we're all so competitive. We'll walk by each other saying, you're a bum, you suck. Yeah. But it's all in love. We always do it. What do you? What does it say to the, you guys as players that they're running steps with you, um, that they're actually a part of a lot of what you guys are doing? It's big time. I mean, they're right there with us every step of the way, whether we're flipping tires in the summer and the burning hot sun, they're doing it with us. Um, Jerome is obviously a freak athlete. Yeah. And um, so it's not really fair, but Harry, B. Mason, all them, they're right there with us doing it too. So. Um, the training and the, the strength and condition you guys are going through with Tyler, um, it's kind of crazy. It's wild. It's, I've never been through anything like that in my life. And I, I, I'm probably the one I needed the most. Yeah? For sure. My body was, before Tyler got me, I, they, everybody made jokes. I looked like a college golfer. Um, just <laughs> a beer belly. had no body whatsoever, but... Think, I'm, I'm thankful Tyler came and changed that. Um, anything he does to you guys that like you're like, man, this is too much. You finally found like the cross the line. I can't run this much or I can't do this much. That's the thing. I mean, we think we're doing too much, but then Coach Weir tells us you you always have a second wind. And um, there's some guys that passed out this summer, like just could not go anymore. And um, they they truly reached the end where they just absolutely couldn't go anymore. Yeah. And um, that's what Tyler brings out of you. I remember sitting in on the Greg Jackson talk, too, when he talked about normalizing yeah. pain and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the, the whole mindset of what you guys are yeah, trying to do, right? Exactly. When, when you're as tired as you possibly think you are, like, when you can't go anymore, keep going. Like, that's just our motto. You just got to keep pushing, keep going. Because at the end of the game, Like the final ex- minute and seven seconds, yeah, maybe? Yeah, we're all exhausted, and just we got to push through, find a way to find a way to get it done. And that's what we did. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you. So there you go. Uh, that is episode three of Talking Grammar, a podcast I'm going to try and start bringing to you guys on somewhat of a regular basis. Nothing set in stone, not necessarily once a week. Maybe it'll be more than that. Maybe it'll be less than that. But just whenever I have something I want to share, hopefully I'll learn a little more about editing out some of that background noise so you guys don't have to put up with that. But that is life on the beat sometimes, too. And sometimes the best chance I get to interview these guys is in the airport or wherever I see them traveling during the season. So um that is that is what you get. So hopefully it'll it'll be a little cleaner as this goes on. Uh, let me know what you think. You can reach me on Twitter at any time. I, I answer that all the time. It's at Jeff Grammer. That's G E O F F G R A M M E R. Or you can email me G Grammer at abqjournal.com and take a look for the feature I did on Anthony Mathis in Saturday's Albuquerque Journal in advance of the Saturday evening San Diego State Mountain West basketball game. Again, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you guys again soon.